Not the old geeks. Two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? Hey, Jason. So did you remember to write down your uh, show notes for this week? Uh, I did, actually. I did. By hand? <laughs> no, not by hand, which is why uh, these podcasts always kind of suck, because I'm struggling to remember things. Because a long time ago, we talked about uh, writing notes down by hand mm-hmm. makes you remember them longer. Yes. And you you have i notice in our show notes brought up the same topic again <laughs> so that's why i ask did you maybe not write it down well i i do remember we talked about this because this is when you were bringing up a, a myriad of apps that you were using and i said i just love my moleskins and use that all the time uh we did talk about that but i don't believe that i actually had science to back me up science so and, now you have science and now there is science an article came out that was uh, listed on lifehacker uh, which actually went through it, and uh, if you do, it, they, it has now been scientifically proven that you will actually have better memory of things if you write them out by hand, which of course makes utter sense because our entire biology and evolution, which some of you people don't believe up until this point, has favored such things as opposed to just Yeah. So, So there's actual science about it. If you really want to be able to remember things, you write it down. The problem is I haven't written anything in so long I won't be able to read it. Well, my, that, that, my that handwriting is a, sucks. That is a completely you know? separate issue. <laughs> yeah, my handwriting is terrible. I couldn't even – I've had to write in cursive. Forget it. <laughs> oh, I, I, Jesus. I can't even remember the last time I've done anything in cursive. I mean, even my signature is kind of devolved into this scrawl now. Oh, yeah. Mine, I, I kind of – based mine on Disney's, the D, and then the rest of it is just a line. I gave up. <laughs> I, got, I, mean, I got like 10 letters hey. in my last name, so I just make it a line. You're, talking, oh, you, you're yeah. talking to a Schulmeister. I think I gave up even printing my name in, in kindergarten. That's true, Jesus. <laughs> it's just too damn hard. Uh, speaking of science, I want to bring up uh, Stanford study. Or was it Stanford that did the study? Yes, Stanford yes, did the yes, study. I uh, Stanford printed the study, but um, Apparently, walking will uh, increase your creative output by an average of 60%, even if it's on a treadmill. It doesn't even have to be out in the great blue yonder. Uh, it's where I do all my walking as outside because yep. – you know, well, <laughs> before that is, I when lost you, when the ability you could walk. to walk. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm working my way back to it slowly but surely and I'm really excited to be able to get back out there because the, it's spring is here and – I just noticed that when I don't walk, man, I just turn into a vegetable. My brain stops working. It shrivels up. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that this also, I think this basically just applies to any sort of physical activity in the outdoors is good for you. Uh, just taking your brain and unplugging it for a while because I, I do my bike rides every day, which isn't walking. But when I'm out and I'm doing my ride, things just kind of flow. Like I, I kind of almost hit this like zen-like state and... I'm vaguely thinking about work and, and I'm coming up with cool ideas and that seems to always be where it happens. It's never when I'm just sitting here at my desk. It's it's when I unplug and get away from things for a while. You need to, you know, let the brain do its thing, man. Yeah, I try not to do that while I'm riding a bike because I'm not that good at riding a bike and I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to pull a sunny bono and run into a tree. Gotcha. So well, I prefer- I, I, I've been riding my same path uh, along the beach watching the dolphins leap out in, into the water and well, the only issue with that is when it's it's bikini season, as it's been this week. We have not talked about the weather, so let me just briefly mention it has been a massive heat wave here in California. We're talking 90 degrees here at the beach. So uh, the only chance I have of death and, and not being creative when I'm riding is, is when all the bikini-glad ladies are out there. Are they? But do they have their YouTube cameras out making videos and selfies and all that? Inevitably, yes. It's, it's all about that because we're all narcissistic fucks now. 
Exactly. <laughs> oh, speaking of, did you hear my uh, podcast on the uh, tech douchebags? How, how, how narcissistic and douchey was I? Because I still haven't listened to it. I did listen to it. I actually think that you were fighting to not be, well, you nar- narcissistic or douchey, and he was pushing you towards admitting that you are. But his point was that everybody is now, which is you know obvious and kind of the same point. Uh, I find it ironic that he wanted you to push, in, push you into saying that the only reason you're doing a podcast is to become famous when he's got a podcast as well. Uh, so, you know, point well taken, I guess. I, I thought you came off rather well. I, I oh. enjoyed listening to you. It was fun. Excellent. Well, that's good. <laughs> it, it's really good since we do a podcast together. Exactly. <laughs> if you hated listening to me, then this would be a really like horrible two hours every week. Yeah, it was too bad that wasn't live because I was going to call in and go, um, if we were really trying to be famous, we would have gave up about six months ago because it ain't working. Yeah, <laughs> our, ten, our tens of listeners. Oh, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, good, good job, man. Appreciate it. Preach, as yeah. the kids say. Preach. And speaking of media and, and people that actually are famous, and, or at least people that are certainly about to become extremely famous, uh, because this is Grumpy Old Geeks and all Grumpy Old Geeks love Star Wars, this week the Episode 7 cast was announced with a nice little photo of them doing their first table read. The, the picture is really cool. I didn't look at the who's in the cast yet because I really <laughs> – my hopes are so in the dirt with this one. I, I lived through episode one and the sadness that came with that. So Indeed. I'm just – I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Misa, Misa going to wait. But the, <laughs> the picture was really good. The you know, it, good. it looked like, a, like a, it was out of the 70s. It was black and white and they had R2 in a crate behind yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, see, I don't – I'm so out of the loop now as far as young talent goes and what might be going on in Hollywood. Uh, I don't recognize any of the new actors or actresses they could be somewhat famous they might be on you know a glee show or some disney thing that i'm totally not aware of they could be from one tree hill oh that's even from a long time ago and i don't even know the people that were on that i don't know these people so i i'm looking forward to not knowing them <laughs> is there is there anyone from dawson's creek i don't believe so but uh you know it was good to see i think almost everybody was in that photo i didn't see harrison ford maybe he was in there maybe he wasn't uh a couple you know a lot of jokes have been flying around about this i I, i'm keeping my mind open because lucas is not directing it so who knows but we all know that if it sucks he's going to be known as jar jar abrams not jj abrams Oh, didn't even think of that one. Uh, yeah, that, that that was the one that I came up with. And then there was a lot of unfor- – I, I love you, Carrie Fisher. I love you to death. But there's a lot of really good jokes about how Lucas uh, immediately barked out, put all the gold bikinis back in storage. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. In other sad J.J. Abrams news, uh, Almost Human got canceled. I was uh, really bummed about that. You know, I never – you mentioned it a while ago, said you really liked it. I never got around to watching it and this is why I staunchly stick by my – I will not start watching a show until they're in their second or third season. And, <laughs> and you know, uh, I had another friend that said that and that is just the dumbest thing because it's never going to get to a second season if nobody watches it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I'm, I'm not going to let the world rest on me and my viewership. I am going to wait and make sure that the, the show does well and I don't get all invested and then I feel the way that you do all the time when all the shows that you like get canceled. Here's the deal. I'm never going to get invested in Fox <laughs> or the Sci-Fi Channel ever again. HBO gets a pass because they kind of – they've got Entourage. They got quality. They, well, they had Entourage and I, I stuck with them till the end and the Entourage movies coming out. Yeah. Game of Thrones, I can still take or leave. I, I watch it every I week because it. it's like – it's sadness porn. I just – you know, my friends watch it. It's here at the house. We have a little party and, you know, <laughs> yay when somebody gets killed, whatever. It's, it is what it is. But, you know, HBO just fucked us with Deadwood and I still haven't gotten over that. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. 
But uh, there you go. I just, I just won't, uh, I just won't do it. I'm not getting into a show until I know that it's going to stick around for a long time. Yeah, that, there's no guarantee because look at Deadwood, you know, and and Farscape. They were all in the. They had one season to go, and then they got cut because of stupid budgetary shit. Anyway, let's get off the TV thing. I've talked about this on too many other shows. You can go back and listen to me rant about it there, if, you, if you're so inclined, which you probably aren't. And I've already turned off the fucking podcast. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, I'll I'll rant a little bit at Facebook because uh, I was pissed off at it earlier this week. I've already gotten over it. Um, yeah, I've been, I, <laughs> if, you're, if you're already over, this isn't going to be a very vehement rant. <laughs> no, it's not going to be a very vehement rant. I mean, I've accepted Facebook for what it is now. I, I've defended it ages and you know time and time again on this podcast. I, I think I'm one of the only people out there in like at least within this technorati realm that like goes, I like Facebook. Everybody else is pissed off about it and hates it all the time. I love it. I love the fact that it keeps me in touch with friends far and wide. I've got friends all over the place, and you know, I, I'm not a kind of guy that like picks up the phone and calls and let's have a chat. I just don't do that. So for me, this is perfect. I can see what they're up to. I don't even need to talk to them. But I yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck did they do this time? Uh, they, they're just keep, they just keep fucking around with their algorithms. And I've noticed like a significant de- decrease in seeing any updates from friends that I don't actually interact with ever, even if I keep resetting it to most recent because it always fucking changes it. It's just they've gotten to the point where I'm not even seeing any updates on people Unless I actually go to their pages themselves. So what's the fucking point? Exactly. And this is what I've been saying is coming. And now you're seeing it. Yeah, but here's the difference. And a friend of the show, Sean Bonner, sent out some a uh, couple tweet or tweets about this recently about how you know Facebook is the only reason people aren't leaving Facebook is laziness. And I disagree. Facebook has critical mass, and there isn't a viable alternative to go to. There just isn't yet. Yeah, I, I, no. There's been a market opportunity here for quite some time, but yeah. everybody's been making money off of using Facebook instead of building another Facebook. But now the time is ready. It's it's ripe for somebody to come in and start to like try and whittle away at it. Yeah. But it's it's. I mean, it's such a it is such a juggernaut, and it works so well yeah. most of the time mm-hmm. that the. I mean, the infrastructure alone is just ungodly huge to yeah. do something like Facebook. Yeah. You, you you mentioned in our, our little behind the scenes notes, like how hard would it be? Really fucking hard. <laughs> it really would be to do a global uh, social network like this just from the, the traffic standpoint. But this is why you start small and yeah. you, you, you have different value propositions. I mean, hell, man, let's bring back Ning. <laughs> let's resurrect <laughs> Ning. Small private social networks or uh, was it Path? Yeah. Uh, no, I tried, tried Path again lately. It's still a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> no, they're, yeah. they're just really – I agree. There, there is a market opportunity there. If there was something similar to Facebook that kind of stepped back, I'd say, about 10 updates from you know Facebook 10 steps ago, people would, would probably switch to that. There is the laziness factor, but there really isn't a viable alternative. So it's not just laziness. It's not just you know a critical mass issue. It's, it's a, really there isn't anything else out there that's quite like it. Well, there are. Here's the funny part. They are, but they're not in English. They're in Chinese and they're in Russian. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, did, did they ever kill uh, – what was the one that Google did that was down in Brazil? It was big in Brazil. Oh. What was the name of that one? I can't remember because I, I briefly toyed with looking into all of those because you know bands are global properties. But then you realize how insular all those are and they really are just for that country. So, Yeah. Um, Orkut. Orkut. Oh, was yeah. Na- that was named, the one. Named I, after the developer. <laughs> I believe it's still out there actually. Yeah, I think they kept it, but I'm, I'm, I really don't care enough to go look. Nah, me um, yeah, that's that's six letters in a <laughs> in a domain <laughs> that I have to type in that I really don't care about. Um, so I've been hearing that Google Plus is getting the uh, getting the the rollback 
soon, so that's not going to be it. I don't know. We'll see. There's stuff out there. Yeah. Um, I do want to have since your little ranty bit was kind of kind of wussy there. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit. I got. I want to talk a little bit about open source. It's like you know, <laughs> Facebook gave me a little slap on Monday, but then I got some chocolates on Wednesday, so I'm okay with them again now. Okay. Well, they'll <laughs> they'll, they'll fist you again on Sunday when you're not looking. I know. I'm in. I'm in an abusive relationship. It's fine. Bring some lube because they don't they don't any at all. So I've been looking at this open source issue with what happened with Heartbleed and Open SSL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always say SSH in case instead of SSL. I don't know why I'm an idiot. But anyway, looking at how simple it was for one programmer to uh, basically drop trow on the entire internet <laughs> without anybody knowing. Mm-hmm. I've kind of I've kind of put this out there before with bad guys getting jobs at Apple and yeah you know uh, Google like working on Android working on iOS yeah building in backdoors yeah. yeah open source is even easier I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner the no. bad guy it's I mean you don't the bad even guy ha- sits at home yeah you don't even have to apply for a job you just show up and give them some code and say yeah I made you some code it works trust me you know. <laughs> It's no go boom. So <laughs> I think I, if I was in the Russian mob, Ukrainian mob, any mob, if I was a bad guy, I would be having my guys build out many virtual identities, getting into these open source projects mm-hmm. where there is the biggest room for exploit and oh. just, and just, you know, in submitting good code, I'd, I'd take like a year or two. Have my guys just submitting good code, actually, you know, working with it, learning the software, yep. figuring out the vulnerabilities, and then one day, just say, take them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> start putting in, putting in backdoors, putting in vulnerabilities that just kind of work their way out there. You know, it's like a five-year plan. It's a five-year evil, you know, villain plan. But yeah. I think it. I bet you that there are people out there doing it right now. Uh, I, I, I'm sure. I mean, look at. I mean, just a WordPress plugin alone. There you go. Good luck. Yep. I mean, there's the one thing, Tim Thumb. Tim Thumb that was used by every other plugin, which wasn't even a plugin. It was an add-on that somebody wrote for plugins to use, mm-hmm. left you, uh, you know, pants down, ankles grabbed. Yeah. And this is the problem with open source is that it's there's so many moving parts, so many people are involved now that, I, I mean, yes, the theory is that there's more eyes on it. It's more trustworthy because there are more eyes on it. There are more people checking it. But – if that's the case, why the hell did this open SSL bug ever make it into the wild? Oh, because that isn't the case, as we will discuss in our comment of the week section, thanks to a link that was sent to us that described the reality of programming to a T. And that yeah. is definitely what happens in these open source situations. Well, I think we should get to it. Let's get to it. Then. Comment of the week! Our comment of the week comes from friend of the show, Kevin, who sent this uh, link to us via email this week. Uh, and uh, he had a little comment saying, I think this is right up the grumpy old geek's alley. You need to read it. Uh, the folks over here have been laughing, then crying, and finally we're all going to go get drunk. Uh, it's very true. His company deals with programming uh, on a level that's a bit higher than even what you and I, Jason, ever kind of deal with. So uh, for them, this really struck a chord. This is a uh, – the link will be in our show notes, stilldrinking.org slash programming dash sucks. At first, I love the domain. Yeah, still, yes, it's a great domain. Uh, this is a fantastic article on the, the job of being a programmer. 
not not the the kind of you know the platonic ideal of what programming is, uh, but the actual real nuts and bolts reality of of being a programmer, and uh, it it defines it to a T. Uh, it's worth a read. If you don't know anything about programming, but you have to manage us programmers, you need to read this. If you are a programmer and you've had that night where you can't fall asleep and you're sweating in bed because everything is breaking and you want to tear your hair out and you want to die, you need to read this. You should just read this. If you're on the internet, if you're actually, if you're listening to this show, you're pre-qualified to read this article (laughs) and end of story. Okay. Yeah. And I, I was just – my jaw was on the floor because it's uh, – the, the horrors of programming are so eloquently put in this article. Mm-hmm. And I just want to read – I want to read uh, two sentences or maybe this is even one sentence. But it's so good it could be seven. Right. <clears throat> All, <clears throat> All programmers are forcing their brains to do things brains were never meant to do in a situation they can never make better 10 to 15 hours a day. Five to seven days a week, and every one of them is slowly going mad. Yep, that's about it. That, <laughs> that sums that, it up. That really is about it. Uh, my particular favorite bit, because uh, I, I tend to deal a lot now because I'm running my own company with with the the teams of people with my clients that have teams, and that that first opening paragraph where he extrapolates the 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 aspect of being a programmer to the real world to building a bridge where there are 18 people who have no idea what they're doing chiming in with their opinions and you have to take their stuff over yours because it's a team damn it that resonated so much it made me really want to cry yeah fortunately i don't have that that (laughs) particular problem because the clients i'm working the only the very few clients i have left um they let me do what i'm supposed to do which is great you have the dream situation well (laughs) except they don't pay me for shit Uh, so i take i take there's a there is a trade-off there i can have gruel and and mental stability Mm -hmm. or i can be insane and have a steak every now and again (laughs) and and what does it say that i'm having the the gruel (laughs) you know yeah i got you uh but the bit that really uh, summed it up for me and and why I brought it up when you were talking about the open source stuff is the the fact that everybody if you're not a real programmer you think that all of these bits of code out there are so perfectly manufactured and we know what we're doing and everything is documented and boy do we you know it's it's solid and it's an amazing amazing thing that happens if something ever breaks. The reality is the entire internet is MacGyvered within an inch of its fucking life. Everything has so much duct tape on it. We don't know what half the code does. Most of the code out there that we have written, we know, we know will break. It's only a matter of time. It's a miracle that anything actually ever fucking works. And that's the real internet people. Yep. That's it. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. There I've you got, go. I, I mean, I've got some sites that ran for 10 years after I left them and those are the the few exceptions that I was just like, whoa, okay. Well, I I'd spend a year on it and then it would keep working, yeah. even though it was working and not making any money because the project was shut down because they spent all their money on PR and flyers and stuff like that. None of the but money the, ever the, goes to, to actually yeah. fixing the real stuff. That's that's the thing that really kills me, especially. Th- there isn't a single site that I have out there right now that I wouldn't want to go in and start to fix things on. There are things that I know are just hanging on by a thread. Uh, and especially nowadays when we're programming, we're always so much relying on third-party APIs. We're relying on social network plugins. We're relying on code that we don't even con- control. We don't know when it changes unless we're paying close attention or we're signed up to a mailing list. And hopefully that email, email that had the important change to the API didn't go into our spam folder. or We weren't busy that day or we weren't taking 5,000 phone calls so we didn't see that go away. And even if we do know about that stuff, try 
try getting the extra budget to get that fixed. Good luck. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, everything is within an inch of falling apart all the time. Yeah. That's, why, that's why I just love WordPress so much. Yeah. Whenever I get an email from a client screaming about how something actually didn't work, I feel like writing back and going, you're lucky it did work. I'm amazed it ever works. <laughs> I'm just going to start forwarding this article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Welcome to the internet, people. Thank you, uh, Kevin. Thank Appreciate you, Kevin. it. That was a really good article. and uh, made, made our days. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a drink over it uh, when I'm in Toronto next week. In the news. Flipping around Gizmodo this week, and I saw a great little piece on uh, Brazil's World Cup logo. Mm-hmm. And it really looks like Captain Picard doing the famous face palm, if you look at the logo. And I'm like... Actually, it does. I thought that was pretty cool. And since you're the big World Cup guy, I'm 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 World Cup adjacent. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy watching it when it's on, not at three in the morning. But right, uh, right. I, I thought I'd send this to you and get your take on it. Uh, I have a couple thoughts. Uh, first off, you're definitely right, and the Gizmodo article, which is linked in our show notes, uh, does a fantastic job of taking a shot of Picard and then putting the hand from the that is holding up the soccer ball uh, right onto Picard's face. It's perfect. Uh, very good chuckle. Um, the World Cup has traditionally had awful logos. In fact, I just uh, if there's one thing America does really well, we do good logos for our sporting events and for basically just about everything. If there's something the rest of the world does horribly, it's this. Ahem, ahem, Washington Redskins. Well, not you know, <laughs> we miss sometimes. Okay, <laughs> but in general, you know, our, our logos tend to be pretty good. While the rest of the world's logos, I mean, go, go back and look at any of the Olympic logos for the past couple of years in all these countries, and they're absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, we've got your American idols and then Europe's got song vision, which, you know, YouTube that and enjoy. Uh, it's just, uh, we do, we do a better job at logos. This is a horrible logo, but, uh, I find it incredibly appropriate because given the state of the infrastructure in Brazil and how fantastically high the possibilities of violence are, I find it very appropriate because I think this is going to be a face palming situation. I think, uh, the experience of the Olympics in Sochi, is going to be nothing compared to what people experience when they go down to the, the World Cup in Brazil. Um, I think journalists are going to be taking lots of photos of things. I think that there is a high probability that there being riots in the slum areas of Brazil. They're already happening now and trying to be quelled every other day. There's news reports coming out about uh, violence in the streets. And uh, as much as I harp on about the the inequality and the, the shrinking middle class here in the U.S., things are much much worse in Brazil. Uh, it's it's going to be ugly. That's that's my official prediction. And just to point out what's going on, uh, you we were talking just a few minutes before we came back on. You weren't even aware of this that that Brazil actually has the Olympics in two years as well. No, I didn't. I so, had no idea. Yeah, they have the World Cup in a month. They have the Olympics in two years. And uh, the news report that came out today, uh, Olympic official Brazil's games are really are not ready in many, many, many ways. And uh, this is two years from now. This is for the Olympics. The vice president of the International Olympic Committee has called the delayed, disorganized, and controversial preparations for the 2016 Games in Brazil the worst he has ever experienced. They are expressing severe doubts that Brazil is going to be able to pull off the Olympics two years from now, in which they will be using a lot of the same stadiums that they are using for the World Cup and the same infrastructure, which starts in a month. So how do you think that's going to go? How, how th- oh, man. We already, well, there are reports out that are unconfirmed that say a lot of these stadiums that they're using for the World Cup are not done yet. They start in a month, people. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I just, I'm thinking of the, uh, 
First, I was thinking when I heard that you said that the Olympics were going to be there, I'm thinking, oh, like downhill skiing. And we could like, you know, put snow on the favelas <laughs> and have them just ski down the slums. No, it's the summer summer Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they can they can run from from drug lords. Uh, that'll be the that'll be the 300 meter run from run for your life. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that and, and, the- and, and by the end, if you don't know what the, the slums look like in Rio, go watch uh, the new Hulk movie, the one that has Eddie Norton in it. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the movie or close to the beginning has a, some pretty good scenes in that in that slum so you can get the the scope of it yeah yeah it's so huge it is huge and it's scary and it's frightening and uh, the face palming logo is very very appropriate it's going to be a mess um i just hope that the uh, the world cup goes off without too much of a hitch uh it is the premier sporting event in the entire world and it would be a shame if it's uh if it just fucks it up <laughs> so well here's the deal after the last world cup mm-hmm. no vuvuzelas I'm in. So we at least can get rid of the goddamn Vuvuzelas. We've had a World Cup since then without them. We have? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, you know what? I was so scarred from the one <laughs> one with those that I didn't even pay attention to it. Okay. I but at least, hey, if it's in Brazil, it should be in our time zone, right? Uh, yeah. Close. But uh, because it is the World Cup and it's an international event, they will be messing about with the times a little bit to be Europe-friendly. So uh, the games will mostly be at 9 a.m. Pacific time and 11 a.m. Pacific time. So better oh, for you. Dude, so that's no- perfect noon and for three. me. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect for you. So Sweet. But uh, much better than the one in Japan when I was up at 3 in the morning or whatever. So... So uh, Netflix is moving into the cable market, which is interesting. It is interesting, but not surprising. So what's going to happen now is Netflix cut a deal with three small cable channels Mm -hmm. to get their – basically their app installed in cable boxes so people don't have to get a secondary box. Right. Which is, you know, I think it's great. It's a very smart move for the cable companies because it will bite into why would you get an Apple TV or Roku or something like that as long as – if the stuff is just built right into your one box. So – Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal, though. These are with Joe Podunk Cable in uh, Poughkeepsie, wherever. I don't know where where these places are. There's it, the total subscribers that this is going to reach is five hundred thousand. Yeah, test run. So hopefully it, it will go up from there because five hundred thousand people in a country of three hundred <laughs> plus million is yeah. you know less than one third of one percent. Yeah. So we'll see how that that kind of shakes out. But it's you know for them it's it's good that they're making inroads there and playing nice with cable because it's you know yeah yeah. We'll see. Because it's basically at the end of the day, it's there's no difference between all these different ways of of sending in the content. So it's good to see that that they're making an inroad, and it'd be nice to just have one box in the future. Well, it's never going to happen. I know, no, never ever going to happen. <laughs> never ever going to happen. Uh, so, uh, and a thing that was going around this week too with Twitter, I got my new profile picture page and everything. I did as well. It's. Really, it makes no difference to me because it's only on the profile page. It's not the page where I read my tweets, so yeah. I don't see what the the point is. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it honestly, I never see it, so I don't know why they're making a big deal out of it. But uh, Dick Costolo was on NPR this week talking about why their uh, their stock prices are in the shitter, <laughs> even though that they've you know they've made a quarter billion dollars mm-hmm. that last quarter. They've got two hundred fifty five thousand users, which means that's about a buck a user, right? You know. And what they're planning to do going forward and how they're going to like start taking out some of the plumbing. So you, you can have a conversation with eight people on Twitter without having to use the usernames as part of your 140-character limit. Right. Can I, can I ask a really stupid question? Sure. 
why not just get rid of the stupid 140 character limit that existed only because back when Twitter was first created, there was 140 text character limits on some providers on ancient phones. I, I'm sure that that conversation happens every single day at Twitter. The, I mean, the main reason <laughs> could be around, you know, emerging markets in Africa who have, uh-huh, have right. uh-huh, characters. Sure. I yeah. don't know. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. That makes, that makes no sense. I mean, perfect. Maybe, maybe, no because, sense. maybe because Kim Kardashian can't form a thought bigger than 140 characters. Uh, so they, is, you know, they don't want to kill the golden goose. I get it. I mean, I, 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 it's just funny to me because there's, they're making all these little changes to get around the fact that there's only 140 characters available in a tweet when they can just up it and i'm not saying up it you know don't don't create an endless limit don't create a super high limit don't create any sort of limit that allows kevin smith to type all he wants to type in his fucking tweets but we could we could double this and that would solve a lot of the problems and sure of course take take out the tagging out of people's character limits the problem with that is when you know is spam because then all of a sudden everybody's just going to be like at what at 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 at, at everyone yeah you know buy my book <laughs> Or, or, or listen to listen to our podcast, and then we could actually tag everybody in our podcast that we talk about instead of having to do multiple tweets and all four people that have followers unfollow us. Okay, exactly. So it's it's a bit silly to me. Uh, the thing that was even just more interesting to me is that we really are living in a. I would never have guessed that we're living in a world where the CEO of Twitter talking about taking at tags out of the 140 character limit makes the financial news. Well, I think it. <laughs> no, the the financial news part is the fact that their stock is in half. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the financial news part. And they're just asking them what do they think that they can do to pull out of the slump. So he's just saying what their roadmap kind of is and, you know, what's it going to take? How many new users do they have to onboard that season to actually have a robust number for the the stock analysts? Right. And which I really couldn't give to flying fucks less. I am out of fucks to give about that. <laughs> so I I was actually more, you know, interested in what the roadmap was. The, the the financial side of it, I like I said, I'm all out of fucks. Okay. Well, in other Twitter news, they also announced that they're going to unveil or work on a what they're calling a whisper mode, which I guess just makes your tweets private as opposed to using the DM feature, which is already built in. Tell me when it's launched. Don't tell me what you're going to do. We've been over this <laughs> when we got the thing from Mammoth that said, hey, we're going to be doing some cool stuff. Tell me when it's done. Speaking of that, Foursquare. This week, they're pivoting and they're breaking their app in half uh, because it's it's Foursquare. Who also does anybody you know, actually no fucks to give? Yeah, does anybody use this anymore? Foursquare. I got I got three drunken friends who who go out every night and post what bars they're going to. That's about it. Okay. So the, the the new app, they don't even have to check in. They can. It's a it's called Swarm. Mm-hmm. The Verge did an actually a really good video explaining with Dens Dens douchebag. Uh, talking about what the plan for the company is, all the data points they have, and the other dude who I have no idea who he is, talking about what the plan for the company was. Right. Um, if you haven't guessed, I really don't care for the the, uh, <laughs> the C-level executives at Foursquare, <laughs> but that's a totally different story. What uh, they're planning to do with the splitting of the apps is, you know, Foursquare it proper is going to take on Yelp. Swarm right. is going to take on... Who cares? Uh, it's not out yet, so I can't play with it. But all this all this press is out about it, and they're like, "Give us your email address, and we'll let you know when it's ready." I'm like, "No." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. When it comes out, tell me what it is. Same thing with your Twitter whisper mode. <laughs> I, I would not be unhappy if Foursquare came in and uh, actually did something 
relatively cool to to challenge Yelp. I think Yelp needs to be challenged. I think Yelp has has good data, but I shitty user base, shitty interface. Um, I'd love that, but uh, I, I just if this feels like a dead company reaching out and trying to hold on to something. Oh, they're definitely that, but you know they're going to try and leverage all that data. And if, they if do they, have a lot of data, but it's outdated yeah. already too, because the real no. data that they have, people stopped using Foursquare two three years ago. But really. they still no, they still have their location database, which is which yeah. is very valuable data. Right. Like an actually, you know, that is that is seriously valuable data, and it's theirs that mm-hmm. you know they spent the money to get into their databases from their users. They didn't buy it. It's you know hand feet or boots on the ground, yes. as it were. And I think that that is key in going up against Yelp, for sure, because most of the people are just trying to take Yelp's database and recreate it. Yeah. But I think that's their only play. Forget the, they should have just thrown the swarm shit away. Go up against Yelp. Period. That's it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So let's t- quickly talk about a story about something that actually does exist. That isn't a press release about what they will be doing. Well, we still um, can't buy it, but it does exist. So it let's, does let's exist. Caveat that, yeah. Yes, and, and there's a, more than a few roadblocks before. <laughs> pun before it could ever get real but uh, the google self-driving car already drives better than you do pro tip you can't say pun until you tell them what the fucking story i know is i know i know <laughs> hey i'm stuck in this weird future uh time thing that we'll talk about a little bit later <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, continue on driving cars yeah it's just a very long and uh, interesting article about how well google's uh google self-driving cars are actually doing in real world tests um Sounds fantastic. I love this, but uh, I think this is going to be harder to sort out than getting automatic weapons out of a, a fucking Montana logger's hands. I am waiting for this day with bated breath. I hate my car. I hate driving. See, I like now. I, I'm surprised I, by this because I thought you would take the "I want to be able to do what I do when I want to do it" approach and actually not like the Google car because the reality of of these Google cars being out there means there should be no more self driving cars. You need you need to have them all being run on a system. You can't have some no, you don't. somebody Absolutely. going willy nilly around. Uh-uh, no way. You're still safer in one of these. Yeah. Period. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they don't get tired. They react faster. But, you, but you are not thinking about the lawsuits here that Google would have to take on if they get hit by someone who isn't driving one. Okay. Well, let's forget that for a second. Let's go back. <laughs> oh, let's forget, go back. To- let's forget law. Yeah, I, I want to forget that for a second because I want to talk about you, – you, you brought up a point and asked me about why you thought that I would be on the other side of the argument. Okay. When I was younger and loved to drive, there were less people on the road. Yeah. There were less distractions in the car. The yeah. biggest distraction we had in the car when I was growing up was a cup holder. Okay? <laughs> radio. We had radios. Tape, radio, but you, you, didn't change, you didn't change the station. You know what we had? we had? We had five buttons on the radio. When you find the stations you like, you pull out the button, you push it back in, and it remembers your radio. And then you press it again, and it takes you to the other station, and the little knobs turn. <laughs> now now we've, got, we've got people with movie theaters in their car, okay? They don't do anything. But, I mean, looking at the road is, is like 10% of what they care about. Yeah. And I want to get these people off the damn road. I do. <laughs> or give me a car that's smart enough to stay the hell away from them, get around them faster, the whole nine yards, you know? Mm-hmm. The, driving nowadays is not nearly as fun as it used to be for me because I'm worried about everybody else because I'm, I'm very is, vigilant. Is, I'm hypervigilant when I drive, and so it I. just drives me nuts. Driving is not only not fun for me anymore. It is actively frustrating. I had to drive into Hollywood yesterday for a meeting. And oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, know. I am and, sorry. And I don't 
A lot of it is the distractions, but then I'm also just going to pull out the card that I always pull out now. It's the narcissistic fucks that are out there. It's this next generation. They don't give a fuck. I don't think that they're I, – I would love to see what driving lessons are like or what a drive – you know, I, do they have driver's ed anymore? Because they don't seem to. Because I, I, I'm going to I'm going to counter you there. It, dr- these people are not they're not driving, being narcissistic, thinking about being narcissistic. They're thinking about they're bored out of their skull because they don't enjoy the process of driving, and it's the least thing that they care about. So what they're going to do is look at something else. Yeah, I don't I, I I do not see a correlation between narcissism and being a stupid fucking driver. I do, I do not. Okay, I do because here's the difference. Here is what I see happen, and it happened to me seven times yesterday. Back in the olden days. When you and I were driving, if we missed our left-hand turn because we were in the far right-hand lane and, and we came up on the street and we were supposed to make a left there and it was too late for us to get over, what did we do? Went around the block, made three rights. Exactly. You know what people do now? Cut all the way over. And Cut get all the way over. Place. Don't even look and see if anybody is coming and they just pull over because you know what? That's the direction that they want to go and fuck you. Well, that, that is how people drive now. Yeah, that's and, just, and the, not that's, just not just the Prius drivers. Although mostly, almost yeah, always. Yeah, that's just, it's just a sign of an asshole. I don't see that as – I've been with people who are, don't have a narcissistic bone in their body. They're just inconsiderate assholes. There's a thing about inconsideration and me being you know, better than everybody. They just don't see anybody else in the world except where they got to go. Right. And there's a lot of people like that and I don't – and they're the last people you would ever see taking a selfie. They're just, they're just assholes. Okay. okay? There right. is, there's the asshole factor. Let's – Maybe that'll be the name of this episode, the asshole factor. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, anyway, I see a lot of that's, that. I see that's why people I, doing that's whatever why the hell they want. So, but that's why I'm looking forward to a self-driving car. I am as well. I would like to have the self-driving car with the option to switch it off, so when I'm, I can basically have it turned on to get me all the way outside of LA, and then as soon as I'm like out on the ten on the way to Palm Springs, I can switch the damn thing off and step on the gas and enjoy a good drive. Here's the well. Here's the, here, there's two sides to this. One, you're not going to own a car. You're going to hire a car. Right. You're going to you're going to you're going to get your smartphone out and you're going to say I need a car and dispatch will send you a car that they own because mm-hmm. it's going to it's not going to be cost effective for normal people that don't have to drive all the time to own a car right. when they can just get a self-driving car that's delivered to their door when they need it and it goes back when it's done you know, that's- and it's used by somebody else while that, you know That sounds absolutely lovely and I'd love the fact that Google will disrupt Uber. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, as far as the automotive industry goes, they can disrupt whatever the hell they want. Uh, there, but there are other people than Google that are coming out with self-driving cars. So that's the that's the upside of it. Cool. Um, and you you blew me off on my second part. You know that it does it doesn't matter because that's the most important part to me. That you won't own your own car. You'll just hire your cars out. You're done. Oh, that was the other part. You said you can step on it. You know, you can get outside the city limits and step on it. Yeah. Self-driving cars will be able to go way faster than you or I could because you know what. They can. They are faster. They can think faster. So the speed limits, if you're a self-driving car, will probably go up instead of down. Right. So especially okay. when you get on freeway situations where people where you can get cars up against each other and draft and, and cut down on your gas mileage, or make your gas. You know what I'm saying. I hear you. Get better gas mileage. So there, there's going to be a lot. There's a lot of different things that go into the mechanics of how driving works when we have automated systems that can do it for us. I'm looking forward to it. Please get it here faster. I, I can't wait for Goober. Goober, <laughs> you, you've been waiting for four minutes for me to finish to say that. <laughs> Pretty much, that's all I had. <laughs> Moving on. Security. Ha!
So that whole bit about how the entire internet is just this strung together, MacGyver taped and and you know zebra gummed thing uh, proves again and again. And I think I've been saying since since at least fifteen podcasts ago, we all better get used to uh, sites being breached every couple of weeks and everybody's information being stolen. It has happened again, although I don't really know anybody who's still has an AOL account. AOL acknowledges security breach, contacts, addresses, encrypted passwords exposed. Although probably everybody on the internet that's been around for a long time probably still has some old AOL.com email account somewhere. So hopefully you're not using the same password you're using 20 years ago. Yeah, here's the thing about that is this comes back to when you get rid of services or just let services kind of expire and go off into the ether. You You probably still have some of your old info in that database. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's four houses ago and whatever, <laughs> but yeah, and a credit card that expired in the 90s. But, mm-hmm. you know, everybody at some point had an AOL account unless you're – Yeah. Oh, wait. No. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the main point, again, being it's another week, another big security breach. This is going to keep happening, people. Uh, it's going to happen every week. Just get, yeah. I mean, get, get used, used to it. Get used to it. Use a password manager. We recommend one password, uh, especially very important. Uh, you and I have both been harping on about this. When you are leaving a service or you're consciously aware of the fact that you're basically just not using a service anymore and it's dying a slow death in your life, Ask them to remove all your data. Have a conscious ungrumping and, and get away from that source. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and also on the 1Password side, they did release that uh, another big update. for. Uh, we mentioned the iOS update on the last show. Mm-hmm. This week they have a, uh, a platform update for Windows and uh, yep. you know, the rest of us, the Mac users, um, where they, they built in like Heartbleed uh, checks and things like that. So you can do checks – with their system that'll tell you if something is still vulnerable to Heartbleed. The one problem I had with it is I checked a couple of my sites that that were not affected by Heartbleed because they not had, had not been updated in so long. They were running the old versions of OpenSSL that weren't vulnerable. Right. So I wasn't required to go and change my certs. And it didn't do a smart and check to see that it was it, an it, old it, version see, that wasn't the affected. Thing. It, uh, it has no introspection on that whatsoever. Gotcha. It, it cannot. It cannot tell if I if I'm running point or nine point or point nine six or whatever. It just knows you haven't updated. Right. Gotcha. So it, that is a little bit of a uh, a red herring, I guess. Gotcha. I, that's the term. Yes, I believe I it is. So. Yes, get get one password, people. Get used to these breaches. Uh, another big article caught my eye. Um, I used to religiously watch sixty minutes, but it's kind of been banished to, uh, especially like Saturday Night Live, to to basically YouTube viewing of the clips that everybody seems to like. This, That's too bad. I, it's actually really good. I still enjoy it when I catch it. Yeah, I, I just I don't know what happened. I think just uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I used to make a point out of always being sure to watch it, and it's just kind of dropped off the biosphere for me. But this clip did pop up. Uh, all over the place, uh, particularly, again, I found it on Slate, uh, which did a little article about it, why U.S. nuclear missile silos rely on decades-old technology. Uh, apparently, Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes went to a Wyoming nuclear control center for a segment that aired uh, two Sundays ago, I believe now. And uh, they. Uh, this is absolutely true because uh, she just found all the old technology that they use. And I went uh, – when I did a cross-country trip about – 
oh, five, six years? No, more than that. Seven years ago now. Somewhere uh, outside of, like, uh, I believe outside of Phoenix or Arizona or something like that, they have an old nuclear missile facility that they let you go in and tour. And I remember going in there and just seeing, like, the gigantic box servers and the tape machines and all that crap. That's all what they still kind of really use. Well, yeah, I saw this. You sent it to me, and I immediately got on the horn, as they said back in the day, to uh, our old uh, friend of the show, Dr. Teeter, who was a nuclear expert on things like this. And I said, should we be worried about this? And he says, we're launching nuclear missiles, not playing Candy Crush. The (laughs) The programmatic requirements are simple. The main thing is that the systems be resistant to acceleration, shock, and electromagnetic pulse. The hard thing is finding replacement parts as things break down. But, you know, these things are meant to be hardened systems. It's not – you don't want to run an – you don't want to run a nuke on Android. <laughs> no. Hell, no, you don't want – Nothing you don't open source. A, you don't want to run a phone on Android. So. No, no. I totally understand that and that actually makes a lot of sense. And the funny thing about the, the technology kind of being so outdated is it is more hardened now. It's, it's, it's harder to hack this stuff because it's so goddamn old. Um, it's funny stuff. But the interesting thing though that comes with that is you know – that they'll, the government will eventually either have to outsource to a company that will solely exist to create things like old floppy disks, and then that becomes a point of vulnerability. That no, that you know what that is, my friend. Mm-hmm. That is a market opportunity. That Let's is get a on this shit. Let's, Let's go find those old floppy. Because we know machines. what those government grants are like. If they'll pay eight hundred dollars for a toilet, imagine how much we can get for a five and a quarter floppy. Speaking of toilets, see what was- I did there. I saw, hey, hey, man, hey, man! This is this is a uh, this is a, a group effort here. You, you threw up the ball. I alley oop it. Yep. There was a uh, what the hell was this? It was the ACM conference on human factors in computing, or G. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't see how. How okay? Wait a second here. ACM conference on human factors in computing becomes G. Or G. Okay. I'm not following that one either. Okay, well, there was a there was a company at this conference called Quantified Toilets, and they introduced smart toilets that could examine your stool and and give you bio info on them. It was a total hoax, but people bought it, and <laughs> it's interesting. It, I mean, it's an interesting. It was an interesting thought experiment. So we're we're going to put it in the show notes. Go make your own conclusions on it. But I thought it was I thought it was a fun article and. Uh, Oh, I got to put the other one in. This is not even the good article that we've got here. I'm, I'm actually bummed to find out that it's a hoax. I actually don't <laughs> I think that this did. is necessarily a bad idea. I see what you did there. <laughs> You're trying to get that pun back in from before. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, it's quite serious, though. I, 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 I'm not surprised that this isn't uh, in existence. That'd be not great. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. Well, Some, somebody will actually do this. Well, here's the thing. It. Well, I doubt that. <laughs> I seriously <laughs> doubt that. The fact that it was in the convention center was the funny part. You know, it's that was where the surveillance part came in. I mean, if you had one in your home, but that's still going to be, it's going to be like Siri for poop, you know, (laughs) squirty or whatever. You need more (laughs) grain. Yes. Uh, Go to the emergency room immediately. (laughs) So it's in the show notes. And by the way, the show notes for this episode will be at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 56. Episode 56. Crazy. The F8 conference was going on this week. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell me what you really think there. Okay, uh, shut the fuck up. All right. 
the uh, the lovely people at Facebook uh, talked about introducing anonymous login and an updated Facebook login for sites to use Facebook login. Now, I would like them to uh, to to announce anonymous Facebook, where none oh, of my the, information is shared with anyone. You mean the rest of the internet? <laughs> okay. Um, all I've got to say about this is it's the, okay. The apps might not know what you're doing, but Facebook is still going to know what you're doing. You log into Tinder with it; they're still going to know you're trying to get laid. Okay. What I have a problem with is people that are still using other people's systems for their own login and auth systems. Stop it. If you're a nerd and you're listening to this, stop it. You have no excuse whatsoever <laughs> to, to do that. I mean, yes, it makes onboarding people a little bit easier for you and for them. And for them. But what it does yes. is it fucks you in the long run and it fucks them because it ties them into not being able to get rid of their Facebook account. Which, which nobody I, is which, doing anyways. It, it has stopped me on numerous occasions and it has taken me a lot of time. Remember 750 words? I was on with Buster Benson like back in the day when he only used Facebook auth. And I'm like, give me a goddamn way to get off of Facebook. He did. And by the time he did, I was done with the service and board. But either way, he finally fixed it. But it, it, it creates lock-in. You don't want to create lock-in for somebody else's service that's not giving you any money. That is true. So stop it. <laughs> and – Silly just, people. And just people, even though it says it's quote-unquote anonymous login, you're still logging in with your Facebook credentials. It's not Some, somebody. Somebody knows what you're doing. This, is, this information is being saved somewhere by someone. Don't, don't you worry. Uh, that, yeah, when logging in is – you're tied to an account somewhere. It's, yes. There's, that, no, yeah. there's no such thing as a fucking anonymous login. <laughs> Sorry. Break my teeth on that one. <sighs> I need to take a breath. breath. Okay. Okay. Now talk about something that really is anonymous. We talked about Tor before yes. and the Tor project. Tor is the anonymous blogging – or not – Jesus Christ. Browser. Anonymous blogging, anonymous <laughs> browsing technology that you – is where the dark net is and uh, you yes. know the Tor onion routers and all that crap we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told myself that I wasn't going to do that this time when I just refer to other shows. OK. Tor is the anonymous browsing technology that lets you bounce your signal through multiple servers – and let it come out on the other side so it doesn't know the source. Right. They have now created an operating system called Tails. And it's, well, they've been working on it and it's now in 1.0. It's an operating system that you can put on a, uh, a thumb drive even and boot from it. And it, it, you know, when, you, when you're done, you sign out, everything goes away. It's an anonymous operating system. Sadly, it doesn't work for shit on a Mac yet. <laughs> but if you've got an old janky PC, you're good to go. Or you know any anything with it's Intel processor based, but there's some issues with the Macs on how they boot that only gives it a little bit of um, uh, support. You know, so they're working on they're working on the Mac side of it. But I, I'm going to go check it out. I got a janky old laptop around here somewhere. I want to try it. Right. But it, it it's only a gig and it uh, loads up on a thumb drive. So check it out. Check it uh, out link, if links you're in the show notes. if you're super paranoid. I just want to check it out for fun. Yeah, you know? just for fun. Just think about it. If you're at Starbucks, you know, being able to just boot up and not have, and use the Wi-Fi and not have to worry about it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway. All right. So back to operating systems that people will actually use, and unfortunately, many people still are, and a browser. Uh, here we go. So earlier this week, uh, <laughs> here, here we. 
Here we go. Here we go. Here's bring how the noise. Bring here's, the noise. Here's how quickly things change in a couple days. Earlier this week, uh, the U.S. and U.K. governments warned that everybody should stop using Microsoft's Internet Explorer browser because a massive zero-day hack bug was found. And even though everybody else in the world that actually does this stuff for a living has been saying, please stop using Microsoft's Internet Explorer browser for about 10 years, um, the government's finally warned people. Microsoft very quickly leapt up and issued a fix. uh, So that is out. And they even put one out for Windows XP, which they said they were going to stop supporting, which is kind of interesting. So basically, you can use Internet Explorer again, but please, for the love of God, don't. Yeah, this is just another one that they found out of the tens of thousands of bugs in Internet Explorer. Going back to the thing about programming earlier, Internet Explorer is probably the prime example of a bit of code that we'll never actually get to see, but must just be a fucking skanky-ass mess. Yeah, between that, Flash, and PDF, and and Acrobat, those three things alone, if we could just eradicate those three things from the Internet, (laughs) we would have such a more secure place for Grandma and Grandpa to download pictures of cats and their grandchildren. Thank God for that. I'm just saying. I actually uh, followed some of your advice and went back and listened to one of the podcasts that you recommended for once. Gasp! I know, it happens. So you talked a bit about the Adam Savage Project uh, last week, and uh, I subscribed and and kind of went through and uh, picked out a couple episodes and listened to them at random. I actually really enjoy it, although my opinion about him having basically two mini-Adams sitting on the on the on the podcast with him uh, still rings true i wish that there was a bit of diversity on their particular cast but uh overall it's a good project uh good project because that's what it's called it's a good podcast uh i really liked it and there's one really good one that i was listening to because uh, i've been doing a lot of home improvement stuff and he spent an entire podcast basically talking about fixing things around the house he had some really great advice which uh you know, it's Adam Savage. This guy knows what he's doing, you'd think, in general. So he's got a lot of great advice about, uh, you know, like a real, like, general kind of, these. Are, this is what you should have as a toolkit around your house. If you have nothing else, get these couple items. And I wish I would have listened to that podcast before I moved and started doing all that stuff because I eventually had to go out and buy them all one by one as I realized I needed them. So it's a good little bit. If you are thinking about doing a bunch of home improvement or you just bought a place, listen to this particular podcast. It's fantastic. And the best bit of advice on it at all is hire a plumber. Don't try to do it yourself because even Adam Savage uh, realizes that there is no consistency and no standards in plumbing whatsoever. Plumbers know all this stuff. They know exactly the part you need. You will go back and forth between Home Depot eight to nine times trying to find the right bit that fits in your particular bit. Yeah, so you've said. <laughs> yes. Well, so did Adam. So, so, so I and I do agree with you on the uh, the two co-hosts. Um, they could just have Adam talk for an hour or yep. half an hour. I'd be fine with that. But yep. they need they need them to you know bounce stuff off of. Well, it's it's a, a one man talking podcast is never all that interesting. You always need somebody. So, hey, watch it. <laughs> I got a new show coming out here. Oh, you're doing a one man podcast? Okay. Yeah, and hey, look at uh, uh, Hardcore History. That's pretty damn amazing. That Actually, I got a, I got a bunch of podcasts I listen to that are one man shows. All right. Yeah, you just it, you got to work harder. Um, and speaking of one man shows, John Oliver has a new show, Mister uh, Britt from the Daily Show, and uh, what the hell is his uh, podcast? Oh, oh my god, we talked. About we covered it. it. Yes. <laughs> covered it, and I forgot about it already. Me because too. Well, he has I, a podcast. I, that's very good, but uh, I like his new show. It's called uh, "Shit, I forgot." Last even week tonight. Last week, yeah, last week tonight. They cover the news on Sundays from the stuff that happened the week before, and 
it is very, very Daily Show-esque. I mean, to the point where it's like, really? You guys had to do that? The interview <laughs> segment they did with General Ale- uh, Keith Alexander was prime Daily Show uh, interview shtick. I mean, right. like, prime. But I loved the show. I thought it was great. I, had, I mean, I was laughing out loud. You didn't like it. Um, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I think I might just be a bit burnt out on the genre. Uh, you know, the, the, basically the, the fake news format is kind of starting to grate on me a little bit. Uh, I like John Oliver. I don't know if I like him completely by himself. Uh, he, in particular, I, I found the show and this has become funny from, from me sitting on this podcast, which is grumpy and angry. I found his show to be a bit too grumpy and angry. <laughs> For a full show, I, I liked him a lot as a segment uh, on John Stewart on The Daily Show because there was a bit of that because of the co-hosting factor, the fact that John Stewart was not grumpy and angry and that played off each other really well when they when they did segments together. It was a bit too much for me, and um, you know, if I'm already watching The Daily Show and I'm already watching the Col- Colbert Report, do I need another fake news? Eh, I don't know. Okay, well, um, by the way, his podcast was called The Bugle. It just came to That's me. That's right, in, The Bugle. In a, in a flash and a vision. <laughs> I don't watch The Daily Show anymore, and I don't watch Colbert Report anymore. Well, there because you go. I, I got burned out on him. But when I watched this, I was like, this is everything I need in one chunk. Yeah, and, I, I suppose yeah. if I didn't catch The Daily Show relatively regularly, I would probably like this. But uh, for me, it's just all the. If, I feel like everybody that's coming off of The Daily Show is doing the same damn show. I also don't know if this is fake news. He basically just rips the rips the news an asshole, a new asshole, and it's like, I don't know. I, it seems different enough from the Daily Show on certain points when he's just talking. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but the the interview segment just really killed me. That it was such a ripoff. <laughs> that that part really just kind of got under my skin. Anyway, check it out. Make your own decision. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be doing relatively well in the ratings. And uh, again, I do really like John Oliver, and I think that his shtick is funny. I just don't know if it works just by himself. But we'll see. Who knows? I mean, they might switch it around. They might change it up. It's only one episode in. Or I was going to say, they've only, only got, one. they've only got yeah. one episode. So. Yeah, I've only seen one. So uh, I actually found a new podcast this week, and I've been <laughs> enjoying it quite a bit. Um, it's called Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler, who is a relatively well-known comedian. She's She's been in often on the, on the Adam Carolla podcast. Um, and basically, you know, every comedian now has to have a podcast. Every, they all do. Uh, but she is funny. Um, she is dirty. And this isn't much of a plus for a podcast, but she is smoking hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, but also, she's been doing it for like twice as long as we have. So yeah. no, no way that we can like, you know, throw stones there. No, no, yes, no. Comedians, I think comedians should have a podcast because it's perfect for them. It is a perfect format. But uh, if you, I mean, if you're listening to the Grumpy Old Geeks, you're probably going to like this. She is a serious gamer, uh, so totally loses me on that stuff because she she will talk about games, and you can tell that she is intense about it, and she will talk about it for a long time. Uh, she's also a serious sci-fi nerd. She's had on almost everybody that's ever been on Star Trek has been on this podcast at some point, uh, and she's really funny. And uh, I'm really enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, one thing about the format that she does, you can basically just skip the first 10 minutes because that is all sponsors straight up for about 10 minutes. Yeah, I, I can't abide by that. And I, we had that problem with uh, Caleb Bacon's Man Show podcast too, seven minutes before he gets to the meat. Yeah, it's just I can't break it up, stick it up throughout the show. I don't care. Or, I mean, I guess it just makes it a bit easier because I basically just I've, – I've started literally just skipping in 10 minutes and starting playing it from there. 
Yeah, Nerdist has this problem now too. They go like four and a half minutes. I just listened to the Jim Henson uh, edition of Nerdist, which was yeah. uh, no, I'm sorry, Jim Henson. That would be that would be a fucking trick. That would be uh, a good one. <laughs> the, the, yeah, that would be really good. Uh, my wife killed me. Uh, no, <laughs> the Brian Henson version because yeah. uh, my friend Gigi's on on that sci-fi show. Right. So I, I checked out the Brian Henson one because Brian and I got in a fight a long time ago. I, whatever. Who haven't you gotten in a fight? With? I, seriously, man. <laughs> that's that's my history. That's going to be my new podcast. Who do I fight this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be it. The guy who likes to fight. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, talk about problems that we wish we had, though. I mean, this is because this is what the advertisers have realized that they need to do on podcasts is front load because people don't necessarily make it all the way through. And this is one way that the tracking really isn't there on podcasts. Oh, well, so. no, 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 no. This is up to her. She's selling pre-roll. You can sell pre-roll, yeah. mid-roll, post-roll. Yeah. OK, she, you, you always sell pre-roll for more. Yeah. The problem with doing 10 minutes worth of pre-roll is you're just diluting your pre-roll. So I think that that like going forward, just to be an ad nerd, that's gonna that's gonna bite her in the ass. Yeah, you know, probably will. So I, I'd say charge a premium for the people that you got, mm-hmm. and don't do more than one more than two sponsors pre roll. But yeah. anyway, speaking of people who don't know quite how to do things with podcasting yet, VentureBeat they have a new podcast called What to Think. Okay. Uh, it's got uh, the host. One of the hosts is Jolie O'Dell, who is just speaking of smoking hot. Okay, so this is the smoking hot chick uh, review podcast. <laughs> um, Oh, she is so your type. No wonder you like her. Told you. Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> the the podcast itself is it's very freshman. Even though Jolie, I'd seen her on Twit several times, so she I, I expected a little more from her. But on the first episode, she did the thing where they talk about the article that they're talking about, like everybody's already read it. We are guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> We, we do that all the time. We eventually get around no, to explaining it. We're doing doing a lot better at explaining what we're talking about before we talk. Hey, did you read that thing this week? Yeah, that was fucking great. Okay, next. Um, they did that quite right. a bit in the first episode. And they did a bunch of other just, you know, only things that only podcast nerds would get offended at, like the fact that their show notes are terrible. They don't link to anything they talk about in the show. And it's, it's a mess. I had to go back and listen to the first episode three times to catch a, a – a reference to an article about a thing that had a book in it, and I went and bought the book that we'll talk about in the next segment. Okay. So what they need to do is just to kind of step back a second and have whatever intern is doing the podcasting stuff fix it. It's not that hard. I could, They can hire me. I can teach them in an hour. It'll cost you 500 bucks an hour, but I'll teach you how to do it. <laughs> Yes. And then, then they're good to go. I mean, I think that the her and the co-host, they're editors at VentureBeat, and they show up at a studio, they do the show, and then they leave. You know, and yeah. it's only a half, it's a half-hour show. It's good. The thing about the show is the guests are awesome. They've had two guests, two episodes. The guests are awesome. I highly recommend the podcast. Besides the part that infuriated nerds like me who are into how the mechanics of a podcast work. Gotcha. And so the, wait, now I'm I'm just taking a look at the page and I'm still what exactly is it about? What it's uh, it's it's that's the thing. They don't do a really good job of telling you what the damn thing's about. Okay. It says uh you know, editor in chief Dylan Tweeney and managing editor Jolie O'Dell give you all the talking points you'll need for the weekend's roster of dinner parties and soirees. Stupidest fucking thing. Yeah, These people see, are supposed I to be writers. This don't is terrible. really know what they're talking about. So it's uh, here's yeah. the deal, and they and, and they don't give you anything that you need to know. They're they're kind of a pseudo wannabe newsy podcast. Okay, gotcha. Um, 
but they talk they don't talk about that much news which is great like the second episode they barely talked about any news which is fine get the guest in talk about some of the cool stuff that's going on in the scene get them out it's short it's easy to digest i liked it i the fact that i listened to the second one after the first one was such a, a shit show but even though the guest on the first one was really interesting. So they're getting really cool guests. I recommend it for the guests. So same with the other one. Skip the first 10 minutes, get to the guests, and <laughs> then just go look at pictures of Jolie on her website. If you're into that sort of pixie little blondie thing. Oh, she's not. She's got black hair now. Ooh, goth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, anyway, so it, now speaking of, <laughs> Californication <laughs> is going away. I'm so sad. I meant to mention this a couple uh, – episodes ago, but nobody told me it was back on because I had to go visit our friends in Sweden because I'm on the road and I don't have showtime wherever I go. Mm -hmm. It saddens me that this is the last episode or last season of Californication. I loved that show. Nobody uh, else loved it. I watched the <laughs> first, I, I watched the first season. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it mostly because the entire thing is shot right around my house. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I like seeing all the locations um, and going, oh yeah, I've been there. Or, boy, they made that bar look different. Uh, certainly it had the boob factor, which was a definite plus. Um, I just never really got into it. Like I, I, I thought there was something interesting about it, but not enough to make me go back and, and ever chase it out again. So, Yeah, I loved it. I, I mean, just the whole Hank Moody character I loved. Yeah. It was uh, For me, it was just a fantastic show. This is season seven, so I can see why they're going, you're going that, away with it. That, but, um, that's about enough for, for la Last season. Show. But last season, the main uh, guest character was Tim Minchin as this like crazy, drugged-out British rock star, and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a fantastic season. I loved it. So this season is definitely – they're slowing down, and they're going to start tying up, tying up things, I guess. So. Gotcha. But anyway, so that's all. That's what I got this week. Okay. I, think that was, I think that was pretty good. We got a couple of hot chicks and a British dude and uh, – Some podcasts about stuff. And shit about plumbers. Ready? Woo. A one and a two. Okay. So, yes, <laughs> Serpent of Venice finished it. Fucking awesome! I stayed up until two a.m. last night to finish it because uh, I just couldn't put it down, and I I just loved it. It was unbelievably funny. Yeah, I was so sad that I didn't get to see Chris Moore. He was here two days ago in Chicago, <laughs> and he he was signing in Skokie at like seven in the afternoon, which means. It's like 30 miles from where I'm at through three interstates north of, and to get north of Chicago. <laughs> I love your books, man, but I don't love it more than afternoon traffic and going to Skokie and back, okay? <laughs> Next time, come to the western suburbs. Go to Naperville. That's where Cory Doctorow signs. Go to Naperville. Or you go could have had a signed first edition sent to you uh, the day of release. I, I don't care about the signing. I want to <laughs> hear him speak. I want to meet him. I want to shake his hand. I don't actually know if he does, uh, if he does any speaking talking at his at his uh things I've, I've i've never been to one i hope he does but i thought i have every, a feeling every, he might be so big that he just sits and signs every author reads sweet well, every author reads i cannot and, and he ain't that big yeah I, he is he is to me man <laughs> i gotta say <laughs> uh this book was was kick-ass um he, he's written some of the my favorite books of all time uh you know lamb lamb, lamb is it lamb right is, is the number one book uh, you just cannot beat that is the funniest thing ever um uh, i was really starting to feel like i was a little worried thinking that he's just never going to get that good again 
And I mean, these aren't as good as Lamb because Lamb is the best book ever. But uh, the the fool, the two fool books he's written now are just uh, Fool and Serpent of Venice are stunningly funny. Laugh out loud, practically crap my pants. Uh, intricate, intelligent humor mixed with just base stuff that catches you by surprise. Uh, you cannot beat it. It was it, it was just great. The funny things about his books are the first time you read it, I think I laugh about a third of the time the <laughs> first time. Then the second time I laugh two thirds of the time. And then the third time I get every joke. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're, they're they are so nuanced. complex. They're nuanced and complex, and it's layer upon layer. And there'll be like a one bit line, you know, two hundred pages after the joke was laid out. That unless you're really paying attention, you won't get. But yeah, <laughs> it, and there's so many characters, it's really hard to pay attention and keep up with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like I read Lamb twice in paper in in hardcover because the hardcover was a beautiful bible edition and then i listened to um fisher stevens audio version and his audio version is still to this day the best audiobook yet made <laughs> it is fantastic and i listened to that and i got 10 times more jokes and it was just fantastic so anyway yes this is our chris moore dick sucking uh episode here exactly so there's another book, speaking of uh, body parts, uh, you, you recommended a book called Asshole. I did. Or Assholes. Well, I didn't so much recommend it as say, this looks really fucking funny and I should probably read this. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. Well, I, I, I bought it as well. Um, and I've got to say, the it is funny for a couple pages, but the shtick runs thin really quickly. And yeah. uh, I, I just ended up putting it down because it was diminishing returns the further in I got because it was kind of the same joke over and over. I got it on audio, so mm-hmm. I listened to it. And I got I got three quarters of the way through, maybe five eighths. Yeah. And it was it was filled with chuckles. Yeah. Because, you know, hearing this this, you know, uh, author keep saying asshole and all the <laughs> other shit that goes with it was funny. But to the, it got to the point where it's like it, it turned into a term paper, you know, like a really kind of uninteresting term paper for a college freshman. Well, I mean, that that is the joke of the book is that it's, a, it's supposedly a, a real scientific take on what an asshole is. And it's funny for a bit, but it's way too long. It could have been half as long and it would have, it would have retained. Exactly. <laughs> it would have retained. <laughs> it, would, okay. it would have impacted more. God. So <clears> – <throat> I got two books here that we're going to go through real quick because you know what? <clears throat> I'm choking to death. Okay. I won't be around for the next segment. <laughs> uh, first book, Man 2.0, Engineering the Alpha by John Romanelio and Adam Bornstein. Okay. And Schwarzenegger with the foreword. Schwarzenegger did the foreword. These are personal trainer dudes. This has some brotastic science in it. Okay. Skip the fucking thing. Uh, Period. Everything I, that's in this book was I've read in other books. I was about to say, isn't this the Four Hour Body by Tim Ferriss? No, they actually poo-poo a lot of uh, Tim Ferriss's shit. Well, good because I don't it's, think it's a on lot the other of his si- shit worked. So what? <laughs> I don't think a lot of his stuff worked. So I tell you, what, neither neither of these guys' shits worked. Uh, I didn't think um, that this would either. I'm, I'm. This is going to be a segment in my new show, my one man show that you said that was not going to be interesting. But I'm going to talk about these kind of things <laughs> and. This book, uh, they talk, they go into great detail for two thirds of the book at the beginning, saying how awesome it's going to be once you read the book. <laughs> when you start to read the book, yeah. it's really not very awesome, and this, it, it's, uh, you cannot do this shit from a book. That's it. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. You cannot learn how to eat from a book. Period. You learn eating by eating, and and 
observation and how you feel and not eating processed shit. Anyway, don't get don't buy this book. Okay. Next next thing was uh, the cold hard truth. You're overwhelmed because you want to be, which was an article in Inc. magazine, which turned me on to a book called Overwhelmed: Work, Love, and Play When No One Has the Time. Mm-hmm. The premise is that we do this to ourselves. Um. The book itself, which I paid for, and I got about a third of the way through, mm-hmm. goes off on so many tangent and, tangents, and it's mostly about women in the workplace and the the you know the sex divide and all this other stuff. Which I just I got no interest in it. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I, <laughs> I I really don't. I have no interest in the you know. I was hoping it was more on a societal level. Right. You know, with the things that we do that aren't just work, but you know, like it says, love and play. It, but it's it's saying that everybody is becoming distracted because they want to be distracted. But she it, she did, never got to her point up to a third of the way into the book. See, this is and I where, put it down. I put it down. Yeah, this is where I get really frustrated because this just feels like that's not necessarily true. We don't choose this. Uh, this is a choice that society in general has made and it's it's a very real system that we're living in now and you cannot just step out of it i cannot just choose not well i guess i can choose to not be affected by it but in that case i can also choose not to pay my rent because nobody will be choosing to hire me because yes, this is, maslow did not choose his hierarchy of needs yeah this is this is a load of shit and it's actually a much bigger subject that that we you and i have chosen to uh, push off to to next week's episode because we both want to talk about it at a much deeper level and it ties very directly into some of the things that that we will be discussing next week um this is a load of crap yeah it really is and <laughs> i just i just want to say do not buy this book no matter what okay. uh, same same with man 2.0 right um it's both of them are just it but it's it's, it's 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 you know what it is it's word poo the thing is <laughs> that's all it is is a word poo this this is the current trend in publishing right now this this kind of um let's use technology and pseudoscience to, to create a whole new genre of self-help books because the old ones aren't selling this is this is still this is just technological snake oil well if, uh, since you haven't read the book i think you might be a little bit off there okay but the the point is she is using a lot of scientific studies mm-hmm. and and meeting with a lot of experts and but i think that the experts are definitely off as well with some of their conclusions mm-hmm. the whole point of it is she can't find a path to get me from what the title of the book is what the premise of the book is to where i need to be to uh you know complete her argument right. so in you know well, I'm not talking specifically about her book because you're right. I haven't read that. I, this is just more a publishing trend that I have seen. There's a lot. I mean, the uh, basically both the books that you've decided to poo poo here are there, and there are a ton more hitting the market every day now. Are these kind of like we're going to use science and technology to make your life better? We have figured out the algorithms in the real world that will change your life, and in general, it doesn't do much of anything. Well, the Man 2.0 engineering book, engineering the alpha book was because they, these guys were on a friend of mine's podcast and I listened to it and this is one of those things where I have I have learned the hard way that when it comes to podcasting not everybody really cares about the guests that they have on <laughs> they care about you know filling airtime right and I asked my buddy I'm like hey did you read this book because I'd like to somebody to talk about it with you know I'm like a third of the way into it and like they haven't gotten to the shit yet and he's like and he's like Hell no! I don't read the books. <laughs> I just get them on the show. <laughs> so, 
which for me is a big problem because it's like if you're trying to be an expert on a topic, do not put forward a topic that is just pure bullshit and snake oil yeah. without without doing your research. I mean, hell, my mom used to send me those stupid ass uh, right wing email chains that she'd get around. <laughs> and there was one from – I think I even mentioned this on the show before. She sent me a quote from Lee Iacocca that was like bagging on Barack Obama before it was the thing. taken out of context. And- I, yeah, I went and read the book. Yeah. OK. I do that for a quote that my mom sends me in a random email. <laughs> if I'm going to have a guest on the show, I'm sure as hell going to know what their position is, you know? Mm-hmm. So the the fact that people don't do that and have – you know, giant audiences. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. Maybe we just need to have every asshole that we can find on the show. Let's get the what other assholes. Yeah, let's get the assholes guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one. Uh, I got a book called No Exit, Struggling to Survive a Modern Gold Rush. It's a 48-page ebook, costs two bucks on Amazon. Mm-hmm. This is the book that I was talking about uh, from the Venture Beat podcast that it took me forever to find. Right. That, that the guest recommended. I'm going to have a verdict on it next week. But I just wanted to—I wanted to tell you what the book was that I found after having to go back and scrub <laughs> through and find it. It's uh, the story so far of a startup in San Francisco with two founders who are going through the, the you know, the hustle. And from I'm—I'm I'm maybe like ten, fifteen pages into it. Like it's only a forty-eight page little ebook. Yeah. And so far, it is point for point spot on. Apparently, he said that um, the guy did this actually with a company and just changed the names. And I can I can feel it. I can okay. really feel it the struggle so far. And hopefully it will be just the normal standard failure story. <laughs> so <laughs> people can read it and go and I, I will put my weight behind it and say, this is exactly what it feels like to get, you know, your hopes up, get screwed, get fucked. Right. Get your hopes back up and then just, you know, go home and cry on your pillow every night. Which is the standard way of San Francisco, but <laughs> I'm also, I mean, just uh, bec- I, I'm actually probably going to read this as well. It's 49 pages. Why not? And I'm really interested in the subject matter. And I and I agree with you that I think that people need to kind of see what the reality is. And that's I'm desperately hoping that Silicon Valley, the TV show, is going to be basically two seasons, and they're going to end with them just crashing and burning, because that yeah, is the reality of of 99 of the companies out there. Well, we'll see. They did get picked up for season two. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously, they're being successful, so you're not going to make it a one-season a one thing. But I do hope that they are going to end with, with failure. I, no, 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 no. You know what they're going to do in season two? Hmm. They're going to pivot to season three. <laughs> okay. Welcome to this week in shit we put on our computers. Uh, so I stumbled on an uh, article on Boing Boing this week about uh, – they were – they were digging through a landfill, I believe, in uh, in New Mexico, and there was always an urban legend, and I vaguely remember this from being a kid. There was an urban legend that uh, a bunch of Atari ET cartridges were uh, buried around the time uh, back back in 1982, around the time that the game came out, and uh, apparently it was true, and they found it. So that was kind of funny. I vaguely remember playing the game. Uh, my parents would never splurge for a 2600. I, I was stuck with a fucking Odyssey, so uh, I played it at a friend's house, and uh, I do remember it being horrible. And Jason, when I sent him the story, his immediate comment was, "That is the worst fucking game that was ever made." Yes, Jason, being me, who you're talking to right now, but that's okay. Yes, yeah. uh, I can I can be referred to in the third person. Uh, you know, it I was it was class it up. It was pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was no Yar's Revenge, but yes. <laughs> I remember as far that as one. The, the 
the Atari 2600 games kind of they, they really started to die with Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. I remember my grandparents bought <laughs> they bought a 2600 and they were in the pre-order for Pac-Man and I was waiting for it and it got there and we plugged it in and we looked at we just all looked at each other and like what I was like six and I'm like what's this shit? <laughs> it was terrible and ET was just as terrible. It, yeah. it, you know Blamed for the fall of the consoles. <laughs> uh, just a funny little story that they dumped all the extra stock and, and somebody actually found it. So that was kind of cute. Yeah. When the documentary comes out, I'll take a look at it for yeah, sure. Definitely. Now, I got a couple games. Well, I got one game for my iPad and iPhone. It was a plus game, mm-hmm. a uh, hybrid, what they, whatever the kids call it these days. It's called Leo's Fortune. Mm-hmm. It's on the front page of iTunes. So I figure a lot of people have seen it. But surprisingly, none of my friends have played it. Because in in my game center, I always see who's got the games. Right. It's uh, what you basically got here is a uh, Russian Tribble who got his money ripped off, and it's a side scroller, and you're using your thumbs to travel him around, and pick up his gold where there are obstacles. Right. Very pretty. Sound is funny. Skip it. Save your five bucks. It's really unless you are into that kind of game that wants to make you throw your iPad. Throw a, through a window off the 95th floor of a sky rise. It's terrible. I was just – I get mad at it. It's pretty, <laughs> but I just hate the gameplay. The, the whole thing about it is just making me grind my teeth. Um, so yeah, that's my Leo's Fortune review. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to throw an iPad out the window because it's still quite pricey. So I'll just pass on that. Next one is the best app I've probably gotten all year. It's called Authentic Weather. <laughs> have you seen this app yet? I have seen this app because you have posted the screenshots uh, on on your various social networks. So I feel like I've kind of gotten uh, the entire gist of it. I'm loading it right now. It's just fetching the fucking weather. And it says, cloudy, cloudy with a chance of dot, dot, dot. You thought I would say meatballs, right? Stupid. <laughs> um I was I was showing this to my dad yesterday as we were coming home. Hey, Sunday, fucking rain. Uh, Monday, partly cloudy. Go outside. Um, it's... Great. It's a it's ninety nine cents. You're gonna get you're gonna get probably four dollars worth of value out of this. Okay. So I think all in all, it's a it's a win. It's right. a total win. It's the grumpy old weather app. Because right now, not that many people have it. So you're gonna be able to be at a bar and like pull it up and say, "Hey, look, fucking weather," and <laughs> you'll get you'll get a pop from the crowd. Get it, get it now. If you wait another week, maybe not. I'm just saying. Link will be in the show notes. Go check it out. Excellent. Last one, Delete It Later, which is another one of those services that I you know, used to talk about where, where we could make an ephemeral web. Yes. You make your post and then it disappears. Yes. Stay the hell away from this one. It's at deleteitlater.com. Yeah. You, ha- you have to you – know, you do your sign-in and everything and I did it just because I'm, I'm the guinea pig. Looks very, very scammy. There's no uh, info about the people who made it. And there's nothing you can find out about it. The blog has crap on it. It's it's one of those things where once you give it to them, then they have your keys and they can find out your friend's info. And it could just be a miner, like a site where they mine information. Yeah. So if you're, is, if you're my, I'm sorry, hey, Ann, yeah. if you're my friend on Facebook, I'm sorry, <laughs> they they have your information now. <laughs> but hey, what the hell? Yeah, we're, we're, we're all in this together. Uh, uh, this looks frightening. It looks it looks janky. It looks scary. There's nothing professional about it. There's no information whatsoever. There is a three dollar premium that you can uh, pay monthly and cancel anytime. But I don't really 
you can't really – I don't see – it doesn't even tell you what the premium gets you on the page. This just reminds me of uh, – remember the explosion of the weird, like, applications that people were building for MySpace when MySpace was a thing, like, go through and add friend finders and all that sort of shit, and uh, where you just paid the money and, and the app worked for, like, about a day, and then it just broke and uh, never worked again. This looks a lot like that. Um, I'd say stay away as well. I mean, just looking at it, I would never sign up for this. So congratulations, Jason. Thank you. I'm yeah. glad that I could uh, be your canary in the coal mine. Well, thanks very much. And uh, thank you for giving my information to them. You're welcome. All right. Who's this asshole? I was having a pretty grumpy week this week, and I was chatting around with, uh, with a couple friends, and we were just talking about you know uh, the things that I normally talk about because I'm such a fun guy. <laughs> Beer and not getting paid. Beer that- not getting paid. <laughs> and plumbing. Shrink- plumbing issues, the shrinking middle class, the uh, the decline and fall of Western civilization, all the sorts of things I normally talk about. You actually uh, wait, you actually go out and talk about the decline of the middle class. I kinda do, which is <laughs> bad, isn't it? Should probably Jesus. talk about tits and stuff, but yeah. no. you know, if you go out with me, you get a fun night talking about you know GDPs and that sort of stuff. Anyways, uh, I was out and uh, has was having one of those conversations, and when I came home, I had a, a link waiting for me in my email from the guy that I was out with. Um, we have the photo in our show notes. Uh, I will go ahead and explain it for those that uh, don't want the visual payoff. Um, I, I put it in the notes with no comment required, and then I said, actually, comment probably required. Required. The photo is a shot of Snooky, and it is a, a quote from I couldn't tell you what show it was. I'm assuming it's from the reality show that was on, but it could be. I think that ended years ago, so maybe it's just some interview that she did. Uh, the quote is That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that, because they're alive when you kill it. And, no! <laughs> and then at the bottom, it has the captioned lobsters, the only animal that's alive when you kill it. Uh, and then the comment that I have is I quickly Googled her and uh, on CelebrityNetworth.com, uh, she comes up as she is uh, Snooky, who thinks that lobsters are, are alive when you kill it because it's, oh, it's only a lobster that is, is worth $4 million. Uh, she made $150,000 per episode of her reality show. Um, we have no one to blame but ourselves, and this is why I can't stop drinking. <laughs> okay. Are you drinking now? No, sadly. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I might after that, though. Well, you know, this is this is why the world is not fair. So <laughs> she had. Here's the deal: she had a show, you didn't. You should maybe go get a show and get the four million dollars, and just go talk like a moron for a couple of years, and get spray tanned. I agree. And, and wear a bikini. I don't know if you wanted to see. I don't know if you want to see that, but you know, I did. Well, I I can guarantee you, I didn't want to see her in a bikini either. But that's why she's famous. So there's your there's your answer. There you go. So, so, I, I, there you go. Lobsters. And one of the more fun things that uh, that crossed my path this week, uh, a Policy Mike article. I've never actually heard of this site before, but uh, it was. I've actually looked through it a little bit, and they actually. This I'm going to be bookmarking them and looking through them regularly. They seem to have some good articles and some real journalism. This is not a case of the real journalism on the site, however. <laughs> great preamble there. Yeah, uh, this is a great little article. A uh, lot of fun. It's it's basically a listicle, but it's titled "Visual Confirmation That Most People Look Better with Tattoos" and uh, some very 
very – I don't know if this is one person that did this or not um, – but it's uh, somebody with very, very good Photoshop skills went through, found old photos of uh, older celebrities and basically tatted them up uh, pretty extensively. Some of these are absolutely great. Like Marilyn Monroe, if she would have been a full-on suicide girl, would have been smoking hot. She would have been the archetype of the suicide girl. They did a great job with her. There's some some misses in here. There's, uh, you know, they did Jackie O and she just kind of looks ridiculous. Uh, well, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. The same person did not do all these people. Okay. I, I know Photoshop inside and out. I can tell the skill that was on the first one mm-hmm. is excessively good. Right. The Jackie O and JFK tats, terrible. <laughs> um, Elvis was pretty good. The Fight Club guys, they just, they just pick bad tats. Um, Audrey Hepburn, skill's pretty good, but she just kind of looks like shit with them. Yeah, it just doesn't work on her. Yeah, because here's the difference. These aren't, these are like taking dime store tats and putting them on. I mean, there's no cohesion with the tattoos themselves. Yeah. So it's just like putting ink on people. The Leonard Nimoy one's pretty funny. Leonard Nimoy give one's that. funny. The Bruce Lee one could be spot on. I mean, that, whoever did that one actually did like the right that was pretty tattoos good. for him. Yeah. Um, I think my other favorite is Walter White. Oh, that's a badass. Walter yeah. White looks fucking badass. <laughs> but I think that they had a couple different people doing these uh, these tattoos. It's maybe actually, you know what? I'm looking through them. I think the only one that they didn't have the same person do is the uh, the second one, the JFK one. Right. That's the only one that looks really bad compared to the rest of them. Everything else is they. You're right. They did do a great job. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean. Maryland's the best. She's hot. Yeah, she she is smoking hot. And I've actually just found a bit of uh, attribution. There we go. So they pulled all of these from a Tumblr called Shop Tattoo, Shopped Tattoos, shoptattoos.tumblr.com, which has tons more, some of which I'm just scanning now are really good and a lot of which aren't. And I'm about to start laughing hysterically because somebody tatted up a chunk from the Goonies. <laughs> I just, I just like that. I, I like how you say I, I have found the attribution, even though it is the first line in oh, the article. Well, you know, you're always on about attribution, and you didn't say anything. So, <laughs> well, I'm not the one that brought this up. You fucking dumbass. What you gonna do? Okay, shop tattoos going in the show notes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very good. No, seriously, are you shitting me? And there's just a little bit of the the great magnet going on this time with with the are you shitting me because i was reading the the serpent of venice by chris moore i came up with our i I googled around and i found this one the name jessica was actually created by shakespeare in the play the merchant of venice from which you know obviously uh chris moore was heavily stealing from and playing on uh the name was first used in this form by shakespeare in his play the merchant of venice in 1596 where it belongs to the daughter of shylock also a character in The Serpent of Venice. Shakespeare probably based it on the biblical name Iska, which would have been spelled J-E-S-C-H-A in his time. It was not commonly used as a given name until the middle of the 20th century. So that is the derivation of the name Jessica. Interestingly enough, Chris Moore himself pulled this up, uh, pulled up this exact bit that I pulled up, and has it listed as a footnote in his afterword. Okay, so you could have just read the afterword and not had to go Google it yourself. Well, I did it before, though. I I, I put this in uh, early this week, and I just read the afterword to the, to the book last night. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I, wow, you actually read afterwards. That's cool. Uh, always. Yeah. It, well, as long as I like the book and I'm not throwing it in the trash. So. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even get to the afterword for most of the books I I said tonight. Uh, the interesting thing is, uh, 
What's the name of the little hot blonde with the dragons in Game of Thrones? Oh, uh, damn it. Well, hot, her name is... Hot one. Yeah. <laughs> hot one with dragons. Yes. Milf of dragons. I think that's what they call her. The dragon milf. So uh, they people have been naming their children after her recently. So this is maybe that's the same thing as Merchant of Venice must have been pretty badass on the HBO of the day back in the <laughs> nineteen in fifteen ninety six. Uh, that's where Jessica comes around, and now she's you know Jessica from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which you know came in the news this week because we lost uh, a great actor this week. Yeah, well, uh, and also, yeah, let's give a shout out to to him, of course, Bob Hoskins, great actor. But uh, just uh, to come back on my my little thing about Snooky, uh, there's also the other famous Jessica, Jessica Simpson, who also had problems with animals that we eat and asked if uh, buffalo wings (laughs) were actually made from buffalo. (laughs) Well, no, and chicken of the sea. Chicken of the sea. Is that, that, yeah, is that a real chicken? So not a good history with the Jessicas, but uh, there you go. That is the derivation of Jessica. So if you haven't picked up our app yet, it's going to be updated soon. So maybe get it now and it will auto-update on iOS if you've got that little gadgety thing flip that updates your apps for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to give a shout-out to my buddy Trent Hamilton. Uh, we're going to put his URL in the show notes. If you're looking for an iOS developer, he's your guy. He's um, he's really cool, did a bunch of stuff. I worked with him. I actually worked with him at a company called blt we did a bunch of movie stuff we worked on the muppet stuff together and some tv stuff guy used to be an amazing flash developer and just uh changed tack and said fuck flash i'm gonna i'm gonna build apps nice and that's all that's all he's done for like the past two years he successfully pivoted he has pivoted he has pivoted and he's he's great now so i just give the guy some fucking business that's all i gotta say pay him money and make him make your app now other people that I know in the past from Hollywood and you know the land where I used to live. Yes. Ask a ninja. Ask a ninja. This is breaking news. Beep 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 <laughs> as you did last time. <laughs> Ask a ninja is coming back. Woo-hoo. They're coming back. They're doing new shows and they're going to be redoing some of the old shows. They're going to uh, be re basically the old questions are gonna go back and re record them, I guess, because I don't know, HG changes. I don't know. Shit changes. The, the ninja gets smarter. Yes. Um, the ninja acquires skills. So the guys, the guys that are behind it, uh, Doug Sarine and Kent Nichols, are going to be doing a Reddit AMA tomorrow, which is Saturday. The show is going to come out Friday, May 2nd. They'll be doing a Reddit AMA uh, May 3rd. So this will be dating the show. But the link will be in the show notes to their tweet, which will give you more information. But – I am happier than a pig in shit because I loved Ask a Ninja. That was one of the the first best web series along with them and uh, Tiki Bar TV. With, uh, and one of the reasons I hate Kevin Rose is he dated her, little bastard. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so this is like a this is the, like the comeback of a classic. So I'm excited. Excellent. So, that sounds so very guys, exciting. Yeah. So I don't I don't think anybody uh, listens to this, but if you do. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. And I've got a as well as I just reloaded my browser as we're getting ready to wrap up. Guess what just happened again? Another another major security hole has been found in a popular login protocol. OAuth is now in trouble. 
Oh, no shit. Really? No shit. Just <laughs> reported right now in Yahoo News. Following the major Heartbleed security issue that affected billions of websites, a different vulnerability has been discovered that could have allowed hackers to steal certain personal data from users. CNET is reporting that the security flaw in the OAuth and OpenID online login protocols could be used to steal data and redirect users to malicious websites. Dubbed Covert Redirect, the exploit masquerades as login pop-up based on affected sites' domains. So... We were uh, just I, talking about all this stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little follow up here because I, I remember, remember this back in the day. Um, nobody uses it, so nobody's going to be affected. Well, I'm sure there's quite a few people out there that are still using it. People, you'd be surprised at what people are using out there. Well, I, I'll go do some research on okay. it. I mean, I was a little off on the Heartbleed one, but uh, OAuth and OAuth has morphed to OAuth too. I remember when Chris Messina was doing this stuff. Way back when, hmm. shit. I mean, it was like probably two thousand five, two thousand six when I was up there. Yeah. Um, and OAuth just kind of died on the vine because it was a little too complicated. You had to have your own URL. You had to be the the master of your own domain. Yes, as I, it were. I remember that as well. Mm-hmm. So it never really got critical uh, pickup. But yeah, I'll check it out. What the hell? I, I, I haven't used OAuth since it was in proof of concept. And, and 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 guess what? Neither has anybody else. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, we, is, this is like saying your CompuServe login has been gone. Yeah, well, you know, there's a reason <laughs> it's being reported on the news, Jason. You may poo-poo it all you want, but obviously somebody out there thinks it's important. Do you ever watch uh, The West Wing? Do you ever hear about Fridays? It's called Garbage Day. Okay. Is that why our podcast comes out on Fridays? <laughs> Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at grumpyoldgeeks.com. On Facebook at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks or email them at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.